It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caliger, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you listen, I hope you're doing all right. Today is uh, Labor Day, and I hope everybody's uh, taking the day off today. You know, it's uh, one of those uh, bittersweet holidays. Yeah, you get a holiday, right? But uh, it's also uh, signaling the end of the summer. Did this summer go fast or what, man? Jeez, today's show, She's a Bina, brought to you in a part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on beautiful St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328, and uh, find out why I like to go all the way to St. Simon's to get a decent Italian dinner. Yeah, it's uh, no joke, man. Uh, definitely... Uh, Check it out. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy right now where you're watching or listening to the show. Just go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. If you're looking to get a signed copy, don't worry about it. We'll hook you up, man. Just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. Trust me, you can't miss it. Um... Coming up on the show a little bit later, uh, we do have uh, Dax Khan scheduled to join us, uh, get his thoughts on uh, uh, some stuff, uh, specifically the WBC uh, Superfly, Superfly, wait, title, uh, Chocolito uh, coming back, uh, uh, re- uh, getting a rematch uh, with the guy who, uh, uh, who he lost to, so uh, uh, we'll see what happens uh, there. Um, also, uh, uh, this week, uh, today might be a, a shortened show because of the holiday or whatever, but we'll see. We'll see how things flow. Maybe we'll open up the phone lines. But uh, before we get started, um, I just want to uh, uh, report some sad news out of Mexico City over the weekend. Uh, Sugar Ramos uh, passed away. He's a former uh, world featherweight uh, champion and a boxing hall of famer. Uh, Sugar Ramos uh, was 75 years old. Uh, and uh, was battling the big C cancer. He finally succumbed to it this weekend, 75 years old. Uh, he was uh, a world uh, champion in 1963 uh, when he uh, beat Davy Moore uh, in Los Angeles. Um, it was uh, uh, rem- a lot of people remembered that fight because uh, Davy Moore passed away uh, for four days after the fight. Um, Sugar Ramos uh, was inducted into the International Hall of Fame. He had a career record, 55 wins, 7 losses, and uh, 4 draws. 
he had a total of 40 knockouts in his career. Our uh, thoughts, prayers, and condolences goes out uh, to the uh, Ramos family uh, and their friends. Uh, Sugar Ramos, a uh, great fighter. Uh, you know, I, I hate following uh, the show uh, with uh, uh, sad news. Uh, well, I hate starting the show with sad news, and then you got to follow it, you know. But uh, uh, anyway, let's get you caught up with some fight results from the weekend. Uh, Antonio Margarito, uh, the guy, uh, well, most people remember him from, you know, stuffing cement in his gloves and being busted, you know, for it. Um, he uh, continued uh, his comeback of sorts, uh, and uh, this past weekend he fought and beat uh, Carson Jones. Uh, Antonio Margarito improves to 41 wins, 8 losses, with 27 of his wins coming by knockout. Um, he won uh, a decision, a technical decision, uh, over uh, Carson Jones, who drops to 40 wins, 12 losses, and three draws with 30 knockouts. Um, the uh, uh, Margarito got uh, cut severely uh, and could not uh, uh, continue uh, after the seventh round. Uh, so as per the rules, they went to the scorecards. Uh, Margarito... Uh, had uh, was ahead on two of the judges' scorecards, 67-65, 68-64, while the third had it uh, in favor of uh, 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 Jones. Uh, I'm sorry, um, all three had it in favor of Margarito. Two had it at 67-65, and one had it 68-64, all in favor of Margarito. Uh, Jones uh, was deducted a point for uh, a, uh, uh, a headbutt uh, in the fifth round. At the end of the fight, Margarito said he's a real dirty fighter, uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, Margarito won. Now, he wants Miguel Cotto, uh, wants a third fight with Miguel Cotto. Uh, in my opinion, uh, Antonio Margarito is just looking uh, for one more payday. Uh, we'll see what happens if uh, Cotto decides to give it to him or if uh, Cotto is going to go another route. Uh, there was also rumor uh, Cotto against uh, Terrence Crawford uh, at 147, which would be uh, a, a good fight. Uh, you know, um, Miguel Cotto, you know, whether you like Cotto or not, one thing you can't uh, uh, deny about Miguel Cotto, he's always uh, uh, fighting uh, the best fights. I mean, and, and his fights are always uh, extremely uh, entertaining. So uh, uh, keep your eyes uh, peeled for that. Uh, also on that card, uh, Alvarez. No, 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 not Canelo Alvarez. His brother, Ramon uh, Alvarez, uh, um uh, fought uh, uh, Johnny Navarrete, uh, and uh, the fight ended in an eight-round draw. Uh, Alvarez's uh, record now is 24 wins, six losses with three draws, and 16 of his Ws coming by knockout. Uh, Navarrete, uh, he uh, uh, is now donning a 33-win, 10-loss, and two-draw record with 15 knockouts. The way the judges scored it, 77-75 for Alvarez, 77-75 for Navarrete, and, of course, 76 76. Um, one of today's major topics today is uh, uh, Manny Pacquiao and Jeff Horn, uh, the rematch. You know, there's been a lot of uh, uh, talk over the last few days about the rematch. Uh, Jeff Horn wants it. Uh, they were waiting for Manny Pacquiao to say if he wanted it. Then Manny Pacquiao said that he did want it, but he wanted to wait till 2018. And Jeff Horn says, no, 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 we've got to have it this year. Um, you know, all intent and purposes, uh, Manny Pacquiao is still in the driver's seat when it comes to that, in my opinion, despite not being the champion anymore. Uh, many people, including uh, Sal, Rocky, Senecola, 
uh, believe that uh, the result is going to be the same. Uh, I personally think that uh, that fight um, was a clear uh, case of, of Manny Pacquiao taking Jeff Horn lightly. I, you know, either that or Manny Pacquiao's skill set has diminished. And, and no, there's no argument that Manny Pacquiao's skill set has diminished. Uh, all uh, great fighters uh, lose a step or two or three uh, as they age. Uh, so, you know, it could have been a combination of the uh, diminishing skill set on Manny Pacquiao or uh, just a simple fact that he took Jeff Horn lightly. Uh, I think it's uh, a combination of both more heavily uh, on taking Jeff Horn lightly. Uh, nonetheless, uh, uh, Manny Pacquiao uh, does uh, want the rematch, uh, doesn't want to end his career on a, on a sour note. But my question is, why, man? Why bother? I mean, Manny Pacquiao has uh, solidified himself uh, uh, as a politician in the Philippines. Um, you know, the fans love him, win, lose, or draw. You know, why? I mean, he did take some uh, uh, heavy shots from, uh, from Jeff Horn in their last fight. Uh, why subject himself to that? I mean, he's done everything uh, and then some that you dream about in the sport of boxing. And in my opinion, there's no reason for the rematch. Call it a day. Hang him up. Walk away. You know, the only fight I really was interested in seeing because I didn't want to hear any excuses uh, from Manny was uh, another shot at Floyd. Floyd uh, chose to, to do the route that he did and cashed out, uh, which we all hope, uh, at least I hope, uh, stays the way it is. And uh, Manny Pacquiao went on to uh, fight and win for a title, then defend it against Jeff Horn and ultimately lose it. I mean, call it a day. You know, uh, he is 38 years old. Uh, but uh, in my opinion, there's no uh, reason to do it. Now, Manny Pacquiao continuing the discussion on a uh, horn rematch is uh, just simply saying, hey, uh, I want the fight, but I want it in the Philippines. Now, when the fight first uh, was announced and then he lost, rumor was that it was going to be in the Philippines. Um, you know, that the rematch was going to be in the Philippines. Then, you know, Team Horn kept uh, saying, no, 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 Australia, Australia, Australia. And um, that's when uh, uh, Bob Arum came out and said, well, Manny doesn't know if he's going to fight, uh, you know, early next year or the end of this year. And then, you know, uh, all hell broke loose uh, on uh, from Team Horn uh, saying, hey, listen, if he's not going to fight, you know, there's other fighters we'll want. Well, one of the guys that... Uh, is calling out Jeff Horn is uh, Anthony Mundine. This is a guy that I, I, I just, you know, you all know a, a fighter that I can't stand more than anything. I'm not even going to mention his name. But Mundine is another one. This is the guy that said the United States deserved to be uh, uh, the whole 9-11 thing. Um, this guy is uh, just a, a big mouth. I, I wouldn't give him uh, the satisfaction uh, of, uh, of making a, a payday. But... Uh, uh, I, I don't know uh, uh, why uh, he uh, uh, said it. You know, he's a super middleweight. Uh, well, he was a former super middleweight champion. He has fought uh, in the uh, junior uh, middleweight divisions and the middleweight division. Uh, in case he forgot, um, Jeff Horn uh, was fighting at the welterweight limit. So I, I don't, I'm not so sure. But uh, we'll have to uh, wait and see on that one. Uh, but uh, in my opinion, I, I just don't think that... Uh, uh, Manny Pacquiao should even uh, uh, fight at this point, uh, to be honest with you. You know, uh, there's nothing uh, 
uh, there's nothing left for him to prove uh, in uh, in the sport, at least uh, uh, in my opinion. I mean, uh, what's he got? You know, I mean, uh, he's accomplished everything. He's won world titles in eight different weight, I count them, eight different weight classes, uh, was dominating when he was at his peak. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, has uh, subsequently not been uh, the same fighter that he once was. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see, you know. Um, I, I personally think uh, Manny Packers should call it a day. Uh, you know, I, it's time to move on. You know, I, I don't understand why, you know, a lot of uh, great fighters, and, and all athletes for that matter. I mean, Michael Jordan did it. Dan Marino did it. Um, you know, when you get uh, guys like uh, Peyton Manning, uh, who was able to do it, you know, a, a lot of these great athletes want one more championship, one more title, uh, you know, one more ring. Uh, they want to add, uh, even though their their bodies have, uh, uh, you know, diminished. They're, they're not the same, but their mindset is they've learned so much uh, during their careers. Uh, they know how to do things. They know the mistakes they made uh, when they were younger. They want to correct them, and they want that one more chance. And very rarely... Uh, do you see these guys get to get it and then walk away on top? Uh, Lennox Lewis uh, walked away on top. He retired as a champion. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a hard thing to do. And I wasn't a big fan of Lennox Lewis while he was fighting. But over the years, I've learned to respect him because he knew when to say when. And we never really saw him in the ring where we were saying, oh, geez, you know, Father Time uh, caught up to him, et cetera, et cetera. Now, we're already saying that about Manny Pacquiao. And uh, Manny Pacquiao at this point should just say, you know, enough is enough. Uh, Peyton Manning uh, was able to uh, hang on for one more year, even though, um, you know, he clearly wasn't the same Peyton Manning uh, that he was uh, from previous years. But guess what? He was able to walk away with a Super Bowl title. Uh, not many. Uh, athletes in football and, and baseball, uh, for that matter, uh, get to do that. Uh, you know, they uh, hang on and, and uh, you know, um, end up uh, being a shell of themselves. Uh, the Michael Jordan, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player ever to lace on a pair of sneakers, um, was just that. You know, I mean, he was great, 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 great. Then he tried to hang on a little too much and was still, you know, the, the guy. But where he used to take a game in his own hands and just, you know, uh, destroy his opponents, he needed some help that he didn't have and uh, never uh, was able to uh, get that title again. So I, I personally think that Manny Pacquiao, uh, it's time for him to uh, say when. Uh, it's over for uh, Manny. I, I could see him you know, pushing for the rematch with Jeff Horn just to regain the title in order to retire as a champion. You know, that would be the only goal. If I'm Manny Pacquiao or if I'm part of Manny Pacquiao's team, that's what I'm discussing with him. Hey, Manny, is it worth it um, to, uh, to fight one more time? Do you want to go out uh, with the possibility of two back-to-back -back losses? Um, or do you want to roll the dice and, and you know, uh, avenge the loss with Jeff Horn, win back a title, and then retire. I mean, no matter what, uh, you know, Manny Pacquiao's uh, uh, boxing career should be looked at as one more fight. Uh, that's it. Whether he has the rematch or with Horn or no fights, uh, walk away right now. I, that's my thought. 
you know, well, we may open up the phone lines uh, here in a little bit uh, to uh, get your thoughts. But uh, listen, first, I'm going to take a short break. And uh, when I come back, I got the uh, college football season is in full swing. And I got the top 25 uh, uh, results, uh, the top 25 uh, teams in the nation uh, ranked. I got the results. I also have uh, an email I want to read. I got some updates on the World Boxing Super Series. And, of course, Chocolito returns this weekend. Uh, I'll talk about that. Dax Khan is scheduled to come up. All of that uh, is coming up uh, in about two minutes. Uh, so uh, don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today, this uh, Labor Day holiday weekend. Uh, the last uh, official weekend of summer, which is kind of sad. You know, it's been freezing up here in upstate New York. But uh, but you know what? Uh, years ago, uh, this was the kind of weather you got in September. You know, these last uh, 10 or 15 years, it's uh, it's been off a month. You know, we get warmer weather in September, but the colder weather kind of sticks around, at least here in the Northeast. But uh, uh, I tell you what this rem- weather is. It's football weather, and uh, the college... Uh, Football scene is uh, in full swing. NFL starts next uh, this coming Thursday, I think. Uh, so we'll keep you posted on that, as well as the uh, baseball playoff scenarios as uh, uh, Major League Baseball uh, winds down. Uh, but college football, top 25. Um, uh, let's uh, start off with uh, USC, number four ranked USC. Uh, had a tough time, but they ended up winning uh, 49-31 over Western Michigan. Uh, the uh, national champions, uh, ranked at number five right now, Clemson. Uh, they beat the snot out of Kent State, 56-3. to Penn State, a team to keep an eye on, they're ranked number six. Uh, they shut out Akron, 52 to nothing. Uh, number seven ranked Oklahoma State, 56. Uh, University of Texas, El Paso, seven. Uh, Michigan. Another tough team, uh, they beat uh, Florida. And this was a big game because two ranked teams, a lot of times you'll see uh, a top-ranked team playing a, well, not-so-great team in opening week. But number 11, Michigan, up against number 17, Florida. Um, Michigan uh, won 33-17, to 17, uh, Wolverines over the Gators. Uh, number 12-ranked uh, Auburn uh, took care of uh, Georgia Southern 41-7. to 7. Uh, Louisville. Number 16, what a game this was, uh, in case you uh, missed it. Uh, Purdue was uh, leading this game uh, for the most part, but Louisville comes back and uh, wins 35-28. to 28. Uh, Number 16 ranked Louisville over Purdue. Uh, number 18, Miami uh, beat Bethine, uh, Bethune, Bethan, uh, Bethune, uh, Cookman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A team that shouldn't have even been playing Miami, to be honest with you. But uh, at least they scored 13 points. Miami 41, uh, Bethune, Bethune uh, Cookman 13. South Florida, a team to keep an eye on. I, I love these guys. 
they uh, they called South Florida, but their campus is right in Tampa. Uh, they're ranked number 19. They beat Stony Brook 31-17. Uh, Kansas uh, State, ranked at number 20, uh, beat Central Arkansas 55-19. Big upset. Big upset to kick off uh, a new coach's reign. Texas uh, gets beat by Maryland. Now, Texas was ranked number 23 uh, in the college poll. Uh, they lose to Maryland 51-41. to uh, Washington State, number 24 in the nation. Uh, they shut out Montana State. Montana State, 31 nothing. LSU wins big over BYU, uh, number 13 ranked. Uh, LSU, 27 to nothing over uh, BYU. Another tough uh, game uh, between two ranked teams, Virginia Tech, number 21 against West Virginia, number 22. The game would be settled by a touchdown. Virginia Tech coming out on top, 31-24. Uh, and uh, uh, two other games I want to mention, uh, uh, the Bulldogs, the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, ranked at number 15. They beat Appalachian State 31-10. Now, uh, their quarterback, uh, a guy who uh, – I tell you what, last year when, when he came on uh, as a freshman, uh, this guy just, I mean, it's just plastered all over him, NFL, NFL, NFL. Uh, his name is Jacob Eason, and man, did he look good last year. And uh, he started this game looking good until an injury uh, where uh, it, it appears that he got hit uh, out of bounds. It, it almost looked like, the injury happened by himself, that it, it, he kind of got his foot stuck in the turf or something, but there was a, a little slight hit at the same time. I think it was more uh, self-inflicted, you know, by accident, of course, uh, but it would knock him out of the game. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I, I tried seeing if there were any updated reports this morning, but I could not find any. Uh, but J Jacob Eason was replaced by rookie Jake Fromm, who went 10 out of 15 for 143 yards and a touchdown uh, to help uh, Georgia uh, take care of uh, Appalachian State, 31 to 10. Uh, also, some uh, other stats I'll throw at you. Uh, their star running back, Nick Chubb, uh, just barely hit 100 yards, 15 carries for 96 yards. But he threw down two touchdowns. So uh, uh, congratulations to the dogs. I know we have uh, a big uh, following in uh, uh, the state of Georgia, thanks to uh, uh, Sal and St. Simons. But uh, a big, uh, a big game for Nick Chubb. Now my team, number one ranked Alabama, in probably the most significant game of the weekend, was up against number three ranked Florida State. And the Crimson Tide and the Seminoles uh, had a pretty good game. The score doesn't really indicate how tough the game was, but as the way Alabama likes to do, they wear you down. Uh, you know, uh, when you're playing Alabama, sometimes you'll have a good series against them. Sometimes you even have a good quarter or a good half against Alabama. But generally, as long as they don't make mistakes, uh, they come out on top and beat you up, and that's exactly what they did to Florida State. They topped Florida State 24-7. Uh, in the biggest college game of the weekend. So uh, college scores for you there. Uh, if you have a team uh, that you're interested in, drop me an email, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, and I'll be glad to, uh, uh, you know, extend uh, some of our uh, uh, coverage for uh, your favorite team. Uh, we got an email. This is from my man, Rick. He says, uh, hey, Billy, see, I actually enjoyed the big fight last week, even though I agreed with all your criticisms uh, yes, it should have been an exhibition, 
But with all the other fights that never should have uh, been sanctioned over the years, why not this one? It wasn't something... It wasn't something I took very serious, and I like how Mayweather carried McGregor for a few rounds to get everyone excited. I will say this, though. This was the kind of crap you get when you start to target mainstream and casual fans. I've never understood why so many boxing people think we need to run out and appeal to these types of fans. They bring nothing to the sport, and they ruin the party with all their dumbass comments. Boxing fans put up with enough crap already. It's even worse when you're getting sold out for some schmo that doesn't follow the sport. I really don't care what a casual fan thinks. This almost sounds like a, uh, an email from uh, Alex Perpali because he says the same stuff. Uh, he said it's the same thing uh, with how watered down the NFL has become in the last 15 years. It's like they want to manufacture all these new fans instead of just taking care of the ones they got. All in all, their game marketing becomes so insane to watch, and it uh, always seems, uh, not insane, asinine uh, to watch, and it always seems like there's a, a commercial on every 45 seconds. That combined with the networks trying to uh, politicize everything that's made the game pretty unwatchable, uh, and I've basically gone back to listening on my radio while I'm doing other things. I can see that. You know, a lot of people are saying that about the NFL. He says, anyways, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was cool from a curiosity standpoint as well as the production. It reminded me of George Foreman versus Five Guys match or even Jack Johnson versus Stanley Ketch. Stanley Ketch on Jack Johnson wasn't, uh, you know, a circus. Uh, it was a, a legitimate challenge uh, from uh, Stanley Ketchel, but I understand your point. He says, I'm not too hung up on the 50-0. and 0. It, it is what it is. Ricardo Lopez uh, is 51-0 and 0 with a draw. Julio Cesar Chavez got to 87-0 and 0 beaten. Uh, he says Tijuana cab drives. Not all of them were. Uh, he says, and if Rocky Marciano fought today, his fight against Ezra Charles would have been stopped for a TKO loss. You know, a lot of the old-time fights would have been uh, stopped uh, based on uh, uh, today's safety first uh, with the referees. And that one specifically, the one he's talking about, his nose was hanging off his face, for God's sakes, and they clearly would have stopped it. Uh, that's Rocky Marciano. Uh, he says, by the way, these millennials today have it easy. They don't know what it was like to try keep it up with boxing before the internet. And that, thanks for the email, Rick. That is an, uh, an excellent, excellent point. Um, because today, uh, you know, if you're a boxing fan, all you got to do is uh, check out the internet and you'll get your uh, results of the, your favorite fight instantly. Uh, years ago, all we had was Ring Magazine. Uh, you know, there, years and years and years ago, there was a boxing uh, beat writer for every single newspaper across the country. That kind of, you know, uh, fizzled out. And I think the last one was with uh, uh, the Daily News. Uh, Tim Smith, I, I believe, was the last uh, full-time boxing guy. And he's not even with them anymore. He does other things. But uh, as a boxing fan uh, growing up uh, uh, in the 70s and 80s, you waited for Ring Magazine to come out to get the rankings and everything else. So uh, great point by uh, my man Rick. Thanks for the email. Remember, if you take the time uh, to drop us an email, I'll take the time to read it. Uh, on air um, Chocolito uh, is getting a rematch with uh, Sir, Kat, uh, Sir Rungsaval, uh this uh, coming weekend both had their 7 day weigh in and uh, both uh, uh, was uh, fine they both uh, uh, made the uh, 7 day wait uh, with no problems and speaking of that fight uh, we're going to take a short break right now, and when we come back, Dax Khan is going to join us uh, with that fight, and he's got some other issues that he wants to talk about, including uh, the World Boxing uh, Super Series. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. 
BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And, um,. You know, the World Boxing Super Series is something I'm really looking forward to, not only because the Cruiserweight division is involved, but I really like the fact that uh, um, most of the guys in this tournament are uh, either former champions or current champions, and they're willing to take the chance and challenge themselves uh, to do uh, uh, what I feel is uh, the right thing in uh, trying to uh, have the uh, top guy in these two weight divisions uh, come out. Now, they announced that WB. Uh, SS has announced that they are, in order to prevent the draw, because it is a tournament, they are going to be adding a fourth judge. And if the three judges go to a, uh, if it ends up in a draw, then they're going to go to the fourth judge. Interesting rule. If the fourth judge continues to have the fight as a draw, they're going to go by what the score of the final round was in order to determine the champion. But the final round could have ended in a draw, too. Joining me right now with his thoughts on the World Boxing Super Series and some other stuff uh, is my man uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning. Happy Labor Day. Well, except unless... You're, uh, we just lost you there, Dax. Are you still with us? Okay, yeah, you're still... You said uh, Happy Labor Day unless what? I said, unless you're working with Bill, then you never get any break. But <laughs> this is true. how are you? It, you know, it's like a, it's like a bittersweet, you know, Labor Day because uh, uh, when you uh, have Labor Day, it's kind of it's kind of telling you that the summer's over. You know, I mean, you mentioned earlier how cold it's been. It has cold. I keep losing. You keep going in and out. But anyway, um, that's the, that was even before then. That was the stream over there. I think it's YouTube. Huh. Um, the uh, really because I had because usually I get a little uh, flag when it happens. I didn't get it until we uh, got you on. But nonetheless, uh, World Boxing Super Series. Um, what's your thoughts on this draw? The 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 rule that they put in place for the draw. It almost seems like it's more confusing than uh, you know eliminating the draw. I mean, if if you have a fourth guy and it ends up going to a draw, then they go to the scorecard to see who won the 12th round. What if that ends up as a draw? What do they flip a coin? As far as that goes, I don't know, but in terms of this fourth judge and not wanting to draw, they're trying to eliminate what took place in the Super 6. They don't want this to drag out, and they don't want this to extend for too long and have fans lose interest. So it's a very smart idea, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, I think it's a smart idea to try to eliminate uh, draws 100%. It just seems, you know, if you have five judges the probability of a draw goes out the window. But then again, that's why they had added three. But uh, nonetheless, the first one of the World Boxing Super Series kicks off this weekend with a good fight. Uh, Usyk against uh, former world champ Marco Captain Huck. I like this fight. It is kicking off in Germany. And then I think we come to the U.S. after that, right? Yes, and he, yeah. Then after that goes down to the U.S., I believe it's, uh, in Texas it's going to be. Listen, the World Boxing Super Series 
I've mentioned this several times. It's going to put a hurting on a lot of promoters in the sport. Uh, you know, for example, these next two upcoming big cards, Bill, the use um, the Superfly card and the Triple G Canelo card. On those nights, you're going to have the Usyk versus Huck fight, and then you're going to have the Callum Smith against Skoglund, and then also Billy Joe Saunders is going to be in action that night. And what's going to end up happening there is the U.S. fans and the German fans are going to gravitate towards those fights, and they're not going to watch these ones. So you know what? As an international audience, these other cards are going to suffer. Which other cards? The the you think the the, the pay per views are going to suffer because of the world ab boxing? Ab absolutely, you're going to. Who are the British fans going to watch? British boxing we know is huge. It's bigger than it is in the United States. Who are they going to watch? Callum Smith against Scoglund, and are they going to watch a Billy Joe Saunders on another card, or are they going to pay money to watch Triple G versus Canelo? I don't know, Dax. I mean, Triple G Canelo, I think, is the asterisk because, uh, you know, every boxing fan wants to see uh, Triple G Canelo. It's a meaningful fight. It's a, it's a fight that, you know, puts, uh, you know, the top two guys against each other. I, I mean, to me, that's the fight. I, could, I totally agree with you with other cards except for that one. I think that one is, is the only one that has an asterisk next to it because no matter where you are, if you're a boxing fan, you want to see that fight. It, you know what? It doesn't matter, though. Sure, you want to see that fight, but you know what? You don't want to pay $70 for it. That's what discussion was going on in the chat room before I came on. You know, the, nobody wants to pay this money anymore, especially when you know the week later it's going to be on for free. It doesn't matter if I see a great fight tonight or I got to wait a week. As you stated yourself, I'm getting the results instantly on social media if I'm not at that event, so I don't have to see it. On top of that, whatever highlights, whether it be a knockout or the best punches of a round, they end up getting shown on social media anyway in little short clips. So why am I going to pay that $70 when I can watch my hometown guys in sensational fights of a high caliber for free? And I can just watch that next week for free instead of paying $60, $70, $75, depending on the broadcaster, out of my pocket. Nah, listen, you know, you make a point, uh, you know, with the money aspect, but uh, I, I just think I, I agree with you, except for the Canelo Triple G, only because that fight is worth shelling out the money. I mean, I know... Boxing fans have been fleeced uh, many, many times for, you know, bogus fights, especially the one that we just had to watch uh, last week, or week before, whatever. Um, you know, that was a circus. But but the truth of the matter is, is uh, Triple G Canelo is, is a real fight. It's It's been a de high demand fight. But I get your point uh, about the, uh, uh, the, the shelling out the money out of your pocket. As far as I'm concerned, though, me personally, I love to watch a fight live. I, even though I can watch it uh, for free the following week, it's just not the same for me. It's like watching a game that I already know the score. I, I just, you know, unless I'm watching it for analytical purpose, purposes, I don't. But uh, back to the WBSS, I, I, I love this. We've talked about it a lot. But, but the thing that bothers me the most about this series, Dax, is the fact that the American fighters haven't stepped up. You know, the, predominantly this whole series is made up of fighters that are non-U.S. fighters. And to me, you know, I, I don't think that that's by accident. I think that the willingness of, you know, fighters that fight outside the U.S. are more apt to take a challenge and a chance. And, and, and they want to prove themselves as being the best in their division old school. 
the way to be the best is to beat the best. The American fighters have a tendency to sit around and wait for the opportunity or wait for the cupcake to be eaten or, or so on and so forth. In the past, we could always say, well, the title, they have a mandatory. Well, in this case, most of these guys all are title holders. So really, it boils down to, in my opinion, the American fighters being afraid to get the L. What's your thoughts on that whole landscape? Well, what the thoughts on that landscape is, Bill, and what I wanted to get into today was next weekend's Superfly card because that's going to answer all those questions of what you just stated. You know, the American fighters know because the American fighters, a fighter listens to their promoter or their manager, and the promoters and the managers are steering them in the wrong direction. That money can be made, but you know what? It's not instant money. Everybody wants the lottery. If you want to play the lottery, don't sit there and take punches in the face for a living. Go over to your local convenience store and buy a Mega Ball ticket every week and get yourself a job on 9 to 5 where you know what? You're not going to get your brain scrambled so when you're 45 years old, you know, your body is suffering from all this uh, tremendous punishment and you're not getting this fame and glory that should have went along with that. If that's what you want to do, but if you want to make money, it's going to come down the road eventually, but to do that, you're going to have to take those risks that these fighters in the United States don't seem to want to. I continuously stress more and more lately about how boxing is a universal it's the one global sport the only global sport and that's why we have world champions except you know what these promoters especially in the united states they're making themselves regional these champions that are here even with the world title you know what you're no more significant than a guy with a regional title whether it be an nabf or an nabo belt because you're not willing to go and expand anywhere you're very popular you're famous you have a big crowd i mean a big following but you know what? outside the united states you're no more well known than that undercard guy that you know opened up your event well years ago when i was involved um, you know with a lot of female boxing most of the money fights for female boxing were held in europe and a lot of the fights that we took um as uh, you know I, I was you know i was involved with uh, multi-division world champ chevelle hallback we took overseas because the money was there it's reverse as of this moment with the male fighters. They have a tendency to come over here in the U.S. to make the money. Is what you're saying, and, and uh, you know, it, it sounds like you're pretty adamant about it, is what you are saying and alluding to is that that's going to take make a change, that the money fights will be outside of the U.S. now? Do you think that the European locations uh, will be able to afford to lure uh, the bigger fights there, or are we just dealing with the bigger pool of better fighters outside the U.S.? Both. Absolutely both. Sowerland Promotions is a huge company. Uh, you know, uh, K2 Promotions, even though they have fighters here, K2 Promotions is based out of Europe. Uh, you have uh, Eddie Hearn based out of Europe. Over in Japan, you have huge promoters, and they have huge venues, 80, 90,000 seat venues. They have pay-per-view there. So, you know, they have all the tools we have here. You know, Floyd Mayweather, for as great as he was, you know, understand, just like Mike Tyson, you know what? They also had a certain amount or a certain uh, target audience that attracted them for different reasons. 
reasons. These guys over there, they have a different type of fan base because you don't need to be this devastating knockout puncher. You don't need to have this um, these awesome interviews where you know you keep people captivated almost in a WWE style. You know, you all you have to do is go in there and fight, and your fans are going to love you. And that's the difference between there and here. You know, the difference between there and here is you know what the fighters sell themselves by going in the ring and doing their job. The fights aren't sold outside the ring. That's why you don't see a U.S. fans going over and following their fighters. Uh, not that any American fighters really do. We had this discussion with the other day about Roy Jones. Uh, how come he never went overseas? Why? Because you know what? You're not going to get 5,000 U.S. fans following you over there like you're going to get 5,000 U.K. fans following their fighter over here. Well, you know, that's a great point because I've said this time and time again. That's what makes those fights overseas or i should say on the other side of the pond because we do have a a large uh, viewer and listener base from europe that watch this show i think that the fans enjoy the live events way more uh overseas than they do here in the united states that's no doubt and and it's funny you bring up roy jones because roy jones jr has said to me personally um that he was amazed at how many people knew him now you're right that the u.s fans don't follow their fighter over to europe but the european fans certainly are still fans of a lot of u.s fighters roy jones told me one time that uh you know he was a, a shock the first time he uh, went overseas to see how many uh, uh fans really love him and to this day that's why if you remember he was uh, trying to do some stuff over in russia and they love him over there you know so uh, yeah, you know, I just think the U.S. fans have a tendency to be lazy. That's why the pay-per-view market, uh, you know, was so uh, hot and heavy for so long here in the States uh, because uh, it seems like the United States fans are just more inclined to stay home and uh, watch a fight rather than go to a, uh, a venue, which they clearly do in Europe. And, and the energy level is so much better. But uh, uh, at the end of the day, we'll have to wait and see. You know, as long as Floyd's out of the picture, it does seem like, you know, fighters do fight real fights, you know, so this has been a great year so far. Uh, it's finishing strong, at least on the schedule. And speaking of which, we have a big fight that I know you're psyched about. Chocolito gets his rematch. Let's talk about that. It's the whole card, again, and that incorporates into our topic that we're just speaking about. You know, there should be more mainstream media buzz about this. You know, again, here in the United States, the lower divisions don't get the coverage they should. Of course, you know, a lot of that has to do with there's not a large, you know, there's not a lot of fighters in those lower divisions that are based out of the United States. But slowly they're coming over here. You know, Japan, just like how the U.K. is with their fighters, Japan is like that but in the lower weight classes. Uh, but unfortunately, when a lot of these Japanese fighters come here, we usually see them at the tail end of their career. Or a lot of the fighters that from here that go over to Japan and fight their superstars, again, they're at the tail end of their career. So when these fans here, they hear about it, they actually don't get to see these fighters at their absolute best. Uh, the Kamagi brothers, when they were on the PBC, the same thing. You know, they absolutely didn't get a chance to perform at their best. With that being said, this card here has absolutely pound-for-pound pound superstars. You know, you have to figure out of Roman Gonzalez, uh, Rungvasi, uh, Nayoa Nui, uh, Antonio Nieves, Carlos Kudras, uh, Juan Francisco Estrada. You have Brian Valoria, uh, Miguel Cartagena. 242-18-5 with 177 knockouts. Six of those eight fighters are world champions. Three of them are multi-division world champions. And you know something? They are pound-for-pound pound fighters. Maybe not pound-for-pound pound what you'll see in a ring magazine, but up until his loss... 
in the first fight, Roman Gonzalez was universally considered by most the top fighter in the world. So that tells you exactly how good that this card is. In Japan, Taikin Promotions is the premier place. You know, it's a gym, it's a management company, it's a promoter. They do nothing but pump out superstars. Um, over the recent years, names that fans here would recognize is Roman Gonzalez, Edwin Valerio, uh, Takashi Miura, uh, Jorge Linares, uh, Cesar Banzan, uh, Carlos Kudras, Takashi Uchiyama. Uh, in the past, you know, there's more guys than you can possibly name in those lower weight divisions. They do nothing but breed champions. That's a serious organization. They are over there exactly what a Gleason's and a Wild Card and even what a Big Bear is here. That's how good that is over there. And what's slowly happening is these United States fans are getting to see. And this Superfly card is just a preview and a glimpse of exactly what is over there and the fact that it's free. It's going to be on HBO. It's not on pay-per-view. Now imagine when these fans get delivered the show that we should expect from them. All of a sudden now, you know what? You're going to change the landscape. Now you add in the World Boxing Super Series, and all of a sudden the landscape changes. And now what we have is dominant promoters from across the seas, whether it's Japan or whether it's the UK. And you have a Richard Schaefer who was here in the United States. Richard Schaefer knows, what's the, knows what the U.S. fans want, and he's bringing that expertise over there to join up with the Sourland Promotions. All of a sudden, what do you have left? You have top rank, and you have Golden Boy Promotions, and you have Al Heyman with the PBC, which is uh, quickly uh, crashing. So who who's in charge here? Do you not see the trend? Where is it all shifting to? Not only is it shifting over there with the power, but they're slowly invading here. No, great point. Uh, you know, I, I just think, I think the obvious point is that they're willing to fight. I mean, these, you know, this this World Boxing Super Series basically has it right in black and white that they're willing to fight. You know, not only uh, are they putting their titles on the line, um, they've uh, basically, uh, uh, you know, told the sanctioning bodies what they're doing, and and believe it or not, the sanctioning bodies have been supportive. Something that they don't seem to be. Uh, so supportive outside the tournament uh, series. I mean, we're we're hearing it now, the rumblings with uh, uh, with my man Anthony Joshua and his commitment to fight, um, you know, Pulov. Uh, when uh, all of a sudden the WBA has made uh, uh, Ortiz a mandatory. So I mean, it, you know, threatening to strip. It's just, you know, it gets to be a circle jerk. You know, and uh, I think this uh, World Boxing Super Series is. Uh, is uh you know grounding the sport which is good and chocolito uh, the big fight this weekend and like you indicate the whole card is strong um but i i think i, I wish there was more discussion and i know that bothers you uh, uh we talked about that uh yesterday off air but i wish there was more discussion on this fight because the first fight uh although it was extremely close a lot of people felt chocolito got robbed not only in the fight but in uh, making history, uh, something that uh, we all felt that he was going to, uh, you know, get a, get that 50-0 and, and beyond, uh, you know, what does that do to a guy? You know, has the uh, fact that he's off the radar, is, does it have to do with that he got the loss? And how ridiculous is that? I mean, what, what's happened to the excitement surrounding uh, Roman Gonzalez? Well, listen, you know, you say yourself about how guys – 
need to push themselves and push the envelope. Roman Gonzalez is now a four-division world champion, but you know something? He's really maxed himself out, in my opinion, at super flyweight. Now, this super flyweight title that him and Rungvasi are uh, rematching for, that title has circulated. That title used to belong to Rungvasi, and then it went to Kudras, and then Roman Gonzalez won it off of Kudras in what was a lot of people thought, you know, maybe a little bit controversial. Maybe Roman Gonzalez got a little extra knot he shouldn't have, and he lost it much in that fashion. Now, when you go against the Kudras against uh, the Juan Francisco Estrada fight, which is also on that card, you know, that's the eliminator. So the winner there is going to fight the winner over here. And then also on that card, you have the Noyo Inui, uh, you know, a guy who a lot of people, you know, you know a lot of... Uh, people who know uh, boxing from across the seas consider him a pound-for-pound fighter, a legitimate top 10 pound-for-pound fighter. What you have here in the works, and when you add in the fight that's taking place next week um, uh, between, um, I I believe, uh, Tanaka, uh, Kosei Tanaka, who has a uh, minimum weight title, and uh, the junior flyweight title, and he is moving up to uh, flyweight, what we're slowly developing is a circle of maybe... Back in the 90s, the Oscar De La Hoya, Felix Trinidad, uh, Ike Corte, uh, Shane Mosley, Vernon Forrest type circle, or even, you know, on a higher level, if you want to go back a little bit further, once these guys get the exposure and these matches get made more and we start seeing them on bigger TV, what you have here actually is almost a throwback to the 80s of the Fab Four. You have yourself here a Sugar Ray Leonard, a Roberto Duran, a Tommy Hearns, and a Marvin Hagler because all these little guys, each one has a similar style to each one of those. One's a puncher, the other one's a boxer. The other one's a pressure fighter. So there's a lot of excitement here. And once this gets exposed, I'm telling you, this is going to really bring out the, you know, the inner boxing fan, the enthusiast, because these guys are selling themselves. They're not being sold and told this is a great event. They have to show this is a great event. You mentioned how, you know, uh, they want to go for glory. Down at this division, you're not making these big mega dollars. These guys get paid a fraction of what these fellas do from uh, Super Band and waiting above. So they have to fight themselves for glory because they're not getting that payday. They have to sit there and install themselves into becoming a pay-per-view superstar. And finally, Roman Gonzalez is able to do this, not as a co-feature underneath Gennady Golovkin, but he is the show, not the, not part of the show. You know, I got a, a question for you, Dax, as uh, we're running out of uh, time here. In Getting back to the uh, Chocolito fight real quick. In his last fight, and it was a close fight. I mean, you can make uh, the argument. I know the first time I watched it, I thought Chocolito, uh, you know, lost that fight hands down. And then when I got to watch it again, I saw that uh, I was wrong. And I felt that Chocolito did win the fight by a slim margin, but he did win it. Uh, do you think that the um, that's a good choice of I, I want to be I want to try to be nice of how I put it, but the lack of quality judging. Uh, in that fight cost him the win and when I say lack of quality judging it appears that the judges let the amount of blood which clearly was uh, Chocolitos dictate how they scored that fight do you think that that was uh, uh, instrumental in him losing the fight or was it just simply a close fight that could have gone either way I think it, it was very it was a very close fight I actually gave it to Rungvisi you know I thought that you know 
as the old saying goes, you know, who would you rather be after the fight? And I definitely would not have wanted to be Roman Gonzalez after that fight. But in terms of the judges, when you're so used to seeing a guy dominate and you're so used to seeing him take control of the fight from beginning to end, and now all of a sudden you're seeing him, as you stated, he's swollen, he's bloody. You know, your, your mind is changing. You're saying, you no, know, is he losing a step? Is this guy better than I thought he was? And, you know, one thing that we know about judges that happens on a regular basis is they will either A, side with the, you know, the fighter of name or B, B, they're not educated to know exactly what type of guy, you know, that unknown opponent is, like a lot of referees. You know, you should watch a uh, tape of, you know, these fighters and know exactly what you're getting in there against. So, you know, maybe Rungvisai, you know, just didn't, uh, wasn't really that effective. It wasn't that uh, as great as it seemed you know, to, to some fans, but on the other side, when you're seeing him go in there and bust up the man that it never really um, looked to be challenged prior to that and is considered the pound-for-pound pound number one guy in the sport, all of a sudden you're saying to yourself, you know, wow, where did this guy come from? So it's a little bit of 50-50 on both sides. One last thing, Dax. Um, you know, one of my uh, main topics today was uh, concerning Manny Pacquiao and the Jeff Horn rematch. My opinion is simple. Uh, why bother Manny? I mean, Manny Pacquiao has proven everything he he's, he needs to. He clearly has lost a step, in my opinion. Anyway, um, the only reason he would consider, at least if I'm with uh, Manny Pacquiao, the only reason I would consider a rematch is to regain the title and then retire. Um, it certainly can't be for the money aspect. I would hope that he's got plenty of money. What's your thoughts? Do you think Manny Pacquiao should hang him up, or do you think it's important for him? to uh, avenge the loss against Jeff Horn and then consider retirement. The fight shouldn't have been made the first time. You know, what happened here is they thought, in my opinion, okay, we got ourselves an easy guy here. He's only got nine fights, or, or uh, was it 16 fights? I forget what Jeff Horn's record is exactly. You know, they thought this was going to be a chance for Manny Pacquiao to go out and, and dominate against, you know, uh, Jeff Horn, who was a big name over in Australia, this, despite his, you know, his um, inexperience as a pro, and it backfired on him. They didn't expect this guy to come out there and be so tough. So now Manny Pacquiao, more or less, he has to make a decision to himself. Am I able to sit there and go back out there there and risk having to go to war with a guy we didn't think was this good or am I willing to sit there and just say to myself you know what I took I'm gonna have to you know just let it go now Jeff Horn he's kind of in the driver's seat where's Jeff Horn gonna go from here I'm not really sure but again this is a fight which is the exact polar opposite of what I was saying. This is a fight that has to be sold, much like the first time. you got to tell the fans this fight is important, when really it's not important. Jeff Horn is not significant, other than the fact he holds a WBO title. Manny Pacquiao was not significant anymore, other than the fact that, you know, he, you know he's uh, the guy on his way out. You know, he's a faded, uh, you know, great of this era. But other than that, really, what has Manny Pacquiao done in the last couple of years that makes you sit there and want to watch him anymore? And what has Jeff Horn, other than Manny Pacquiao fight, ever done to make anybody else want to watch him outside his promoter and his family good point dax i appreciate you coming on and we'll look forward to you uh, later in the week my man all right i'll talk to you then everybody enjoy your labor day that's uh dax khan uh looking to enjoy his labor day today you know like uh, uh we all should be but uh you know dax has got a a prick of a boss uh in myself telling him hey you're coming on today so uh anyway hey listen we're going to take a short break now here's the deal I'm going to open up the phone lines. We're going to take one caller at a time. So if somebody's on the line or if uh, you don't go through real quickly, that means you got to wait your turn. Okay. 845-228-8710 is the uh, line to call. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. 
or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, one of our main topics today was uh, Manny Pacquiao. Should should he continue? Should he not continue? Dax came on. Dax Khan just came on, and we talked about the World Boxing Super Series, which uh, we can't wait for. Uh, you know, we got the uh, uh, the holiday today, which uh, is a bittersweet one. Yeah, we're off today, uh, but uh, it's one of those holidays that uh, says, "Hey, the sum is uh, just about over." Uh, but uh, in any event, uh, joining us right now, I think, I think, is my man uh, Joel. What's up, Joel? What's up, Billy? How you doing? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. Thanks for calling in. So what's going on? What's on your mind today, brother? You know, uh, I won't even... I was thinking about discussing Mayweather-McGregor, but that's over with. Uh, I'll, I'll move on. I'm, I was... Uh, uh, you know, it was, it was a circus of a fight. I agree. I just want to say I know Dana White was pre- projecting last week 6.5 million buys, but... Uh, you know, I've been a mixed martial arts fan for a very long time, and I know how Dana is. He's a good promoter, but uh, I don't believe that number. Uh, I don't know what you think, but um, I, I don't think anything close to that. Maybe in the threes. But um, I wanted to ask you, just on, on, on the topic of Dax, I was talking in the chat room. What is going on? Can you give me an answer? What is going on with the World Boxing Super Series? There is no American TV outlet. Now, Coach said Super Channel in Canada. I was aware of that. But is it is it a problem because there's so many promoters in the pot that they that they can't get one you know channel or a couple channels under one umbrella to to broadcast it? I mean, you know, I would think like Showtime or HBO, somebody who's got a lot of channels, you know, put them on some of their you know secondary channels. I you know I reached out to Fight TV. I said, hey, you guys, you know, you know, you guys are great. They carry so much boxing. Wh- what is it? Why is it that we were we're you know into the first week this, this is the first weekend coming up and we don't have you know a major uh broadcast provider for these fights well it could be a couple of reasons number one um they could be their price tag for the fight might be uh, uh too much uh what a u.s uh, home-based u.s television network is willing to pay that that could be an issue um i think it's also more towards the um inability to the suits that make the decisions for these networks to recognize the level of uh, and quality level uh, of the uh, fighters themselves. You know, you've heard me say many, many times, you know, that the, the fights that get put on uh, a lot of these, uh, what we call a showcase fight, where you'll have a guy who's a known fighter, and next thing you know, he's fighting uh, some guy nobody's ever heard of, but yet the the guy's record is you know twenty nine and zero or or thirty one and two, and you know he's got a respectable looking record. So right off the bat, everybody thinks he's good. Well, the execs at these networks are no different. They're making decisions uh, based on what it appears uh, on paper and not uh, having the knowledge, and and that is a problem. Uh, not only with the sport itself, with un 
you know, uh, non-boxing people making boxing decisions. Well, it's the same thing for these networks. Now, you know, that is one theory. The, the other theory is the fact that uh, there are no U.S. fighters, which is would be a stupid thing because Dax made a great point just a few moments ago that boxing is a global sport, you know. So I, I think it's a shame that we don't have it. Um, you know, I, I, maybe scheduling, uh, you know, uh, ESPN is hot and heavy in college football. Uh, there's uh, some uh, world-based uh, uh, soccer tournaments going on. Uh, the uh, Open, U.S. Open is on. So I, maybe it's just a bad timing for this particular fight. Uh, this weekend, I should say, but uh, I, for one, wish it was uh, wish it was on. I, I'm I'm glad to see uh, Canada's Super Channel pick it up. Yeah, I mean, you ha- you have um, Dortikos and uh, Kudryashov, you know, in at the Alamo Dome. Now, as a fan, I you know, if I was living in Texas, you know, I know there's a lot going on right now, obviously, which is very sad. But I know that fight is coming up. I think September, October. But I mean. You know, you make a valid point. It's a global sport, but if you're going to the Alamo Dome, you're gonna you're gonna say, "Who are these guys?" You know, you don't know about them. And I mean, I pre I give credit to the World Boxing Super Series for putting a lot of these fights in different global areas. You know, not just you know one central country. But you're probably right. I mean, a fight like that in the Alamo Dome is not going to be a big draw. These people are going there are going to not know who these guys are, and that's a shame because. You know, the cruiserweight division, as you've said several times, is not very big in, in the United States. So fans, you know, the, the, the network's fans don't, you know, uh, really know who these guys are. And it's just a big shame because there are so many talented athletes in, you know, the super middleweight division representing and the cruiserweight division that, you know, it's, it's you know, I, I, uh, the, Dan Raphael said there was no, when he first reported it, uh, the, that they were starting it, he, I was reading the article hoping he would have a an outlet, you know, announced an outlet for the, uh, for TV, but you know, as I said, there's there's nothing there's nothing, and we're you know about to get into the first week of this. I mean, never the Super Six uh, had Showtime, you know, supporting it. I mean, that was wonderful. I, I wish, I just wish somebody like that would would represent this as well. Well, I, I'm I'm with you there. One thing I will say, um, you know, the state of Texas is is a pretty. I mean, collectively, you're right. Uh, the knowledge of of you know fighters. Uh, worldwide in the in the sport you know whether they're diehard boxing fans or casual boxing fans or whatever is very limited but i will tell you this there are a few states that house big fans that that know more than uh the average boxing fan and i believe texas is one of those states uh texas uh, has a lot of uh, uh fighters uh, coming in um you know from outside the u.s that do do, do well uh, with uh, drawing power and stuff like that in in Texas, so um, I could see that one doing okay. But I, I I certainly agree. I wish that there was a television so the rest of us could see it. Maybe this is the beginning of the the whole streaming revolution, which um, you know is is a little behind. I, I believe that streaming uh, should be uh, the forefront right now. I, I think what's happened is the same old problem in the sport of boxing: greed. Uh, you know, rather than trying to, uh, you know, pick up advertising dollars for a stream, uh, promoters are, are going the other route. They're making uh, fans buy it. And, uh, you know, that's 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 a shame because, you know, there is revenue to be generated from an advertising point if you have people that are able to sell that advertising uh, or you have the lazy approach, which is, hey, let's just throw a price tag on it. 
and we'll see if it's good. And if it does bad, then we say, well, nobody cared about this fight. So it's uh, it's greed, man. Greed is the biggest enemy of the sport of boxing, and uh, it's a shame because it's followed the sport for a long time. Yeah, I mean, you're right. If if they offered the World Boxing Super Series as a package on you know a, a streaming service like Fight TV at a reasonable price, I would I would be willing to pay for the whole thing. You know, I mean, just to get some. You know, if they if they give us the whole card, you know, because some of these um, some of these World Boxing Super Series have you know decent co-features. I haven't looked at all of them, but I know some of them have you know decent decent undercards. I'm interested. I'm interested to watch everything, but. You know, you got to give the fans what they want. Lastly, before I let you go, you know, we got the uh, we got football starting up. Who are the Jets playing this weekend? Who's their first opponent? I don't know. Some high school out of Paramus, New Jersey, maybe. I I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think Buffalo. Yeah, you're I think, not. You're I, think, not. I, think, I think they start off in Buffalo, but I, you know, I'm so disappointed in in my teams. The only the only team I'm really psyched about this year is my uh, college football team, which is Alabama. I'm also a Georgia Bulldog fan, so. I, I'm uh, I'm glad uh, both of those teams started off with a win. Uh, the Jets are a sorry ass uh, uh, team. The organization is is terrible. Uh, it saddens me that I've lived my uh, whole life uh, watching the same <laughs> thing over and over. And it doesn't get any better with the Mets. You know, the Mets uh, uh, is uh, they're my baseball team, and and they're terrible too. So uh, I only feel terrible. That, you know, my kids were born into it. And uh, unfortunately, my grandkids as well. You know, they're all uh, uh, Jets yeah. and Mets fans. And, uh, you know, I've, I, I've inflicted my, my uh, depressed uh, teams on them. And uh, I, uh, I feel bad about that. I mean, you know, and then, of course, la- lastly, you got a good uh, HBO card this weekend. You got um, Rung Visay versus, uh, you know, Chocolatito. I think you have a triple header right there. That, that's a good card. So I'm... I got I got a UFC on this weekend, but I'm gonna probably try to watch the HBO card as well. So I mean, it's it's a good weekend. You know, the summer's kind of over. I mean, it is that is depressing, but at least that means a sign that we have uh, good boxing coming up. So look, Billy, I'll let you go. I really appreciate I got, your time. Hey, I got Thanks a question for, my for call you. And I'm I got in for the rest of the show. And um, I got hope a, you have question. a great rest of the week, Joel. I got a question for you. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I know you're a big uh, MMA fan, UFC, etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did a, a really fantastic event down in St. Simons uh, uh, for that circus of, a, of an event. Um, but one thing that I heard a lot from MMA fans is that they felt that the fight was stopped prematurely, that they that, that Conor McGregor should have been allowed to continue. Um, from my perspective, I disagree. Uh, I think he was done. Not not only do I disagree because I predicted the 10th round would be the stoppage round, but um, I, I thought he was done. And in the sport of boxing, they, they do look out for the safety of the fighter. What's your thoughts? Did you think they stopped it too soon? Did you think McGregor had anything left? I'm torn because because of what you said, you know, being an MMA fan and him fighting Mayweather of all people, I, I would have liked to have seen Connor go down personally. Um, but at the other end of it, not being biased, trying, trying not to be biased, I do agree that he was taking a lot of unanswered punishment damage and he wasn't um, fighting back. But I know Conor has a very good chin, you know, so that's that part of me, you know, being this, this is the you know, first time we ever have an MMA guy versus a boxing guy. I would have liked to see him gone down and, you know, and then maybe I would have seen, you know, Robert Bird say, okay, enough is enough, but I, it's tough. I, 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 
I'm torn. I'm very torn on that. But I, I do tend to agree he was taking a lot of un, unanswered punishment. Yeah, and uh, I hope we don't see any crossover fights anymore, Joel, because it just not even you sure. don't even want to see Paulie versus Connor. You would not have any interest in that. I don't want to see. I, I don't want to see Paulie in the supermarket. You know, I mean, uh, it's 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 <laughs> terrible. And Conor McGregor can't box. And let me tell you something. I thought Conor McGregor had some pop. The guy's got nothing. He, I, you know, you can't even you can't even land a meaningful punch uh, on a guy that was letting you land punches. Uh, it was sad. You know, uh, the only shot that we all gave Conor was landing a power shot to knock uh, what's his face down, and he, he's got no power. You know, at least just with his arms, he doesn't even deliver his punches right. He, it, they're all arm punches. So no, uh, he's not a boxer. And to even think that he ever had a chance against Mayweather, uh, people were foolish. You know, that's why the fight should have never been approved as a real fight. Uh, they're lucky that Conor McGregor did not uh, get hurt. And the truth oh of the matter God. is, is that he was put on a 60-day suspension. Uh, so, you know, he's not fighting for a couple of months anyway. And I doubt it. You know, I wouldn't I, be surprised if he never comes back. Why should he? He's 28 years old. He, he's, he's set for life. His kids are set for life. His grandkids are set for life unless he pisses his money away somehow. Um, why should he even fight? I mean, listen, we're all always talking about the money aspect and risk versus reward. And, and I've never once said that I hold it against a fighter for trying to make the maximum money. I, I, I applaud them for making the maximum money. What I am critical of is when fighters uh, demand the maximum amount of money and fight the weakest fights. You know, that yeah. is what I can't agree with. I can't agree with getting paid big bucks and fighting someone that's not going to be a challenging fight. That I have a hang-up with, not the amount of money a fighter can make because I believe they should be able to make as much as they can. But, I mean, the thing is, is my gripe is I wonder, as an MMA fan, after this big payday, uh, I don't know if you were referring to him coming back, period, or coming back to boxing, but my, 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 my hang-up is I wonder if, you know, he is, very, he is a very exciting, he talks a big game, you know, and that's uh, very, uh, he's a megastar in the UFC. Now, my question is, after making X amount of money with this fight, if you were working for, one, did one, one off, a one-off thing, Billy C., and then you go to, Go to your back to your regular job. I, I mean, how do you do that? How do you go from a hundred million to two or three million? That's that's what I wonder. How he's gonna if he's gonna be able to accept that? You don't. That uh, you know. I, I mean, that's that's what, look at Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather is a great example. You know, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, you know, started out like every other fighter, and then once he started making the big bucks, it was all about the money. You know, he even changed his his uh, nickname. You know, how does a fighter go from making? Uh, you know, big bucks to, to, to regular fees. It just doesn't happen anymore. You know, the one thing I will say that Conor McGregor has for him is that he's a huge draw. You know, everyone that I've talked to uh, that watched that fight, that bought that fight, bought it for Conor McGregor. Uh, the people that bought it for Floyd were, were looking to see Floyd lose. Uh, I don't know of any <laughs> Floyd fans that bought it to, because they wanted to watch him win. He's a boring fighter. Uh, he wasn't boring in that fight, but he had a guy that couldn't fight in front of him. You know, how much credit do you give a guy for fighting someone that doesn't know how to fight your sport? You know, it's like playing football against a guy that's never held a pigskin before, you know, and you beat him. You know, yep. how good are you? You know, so, I, you know, I don't give Floyd the credit for beating Conor McGregor that uh, a lot of Floyd fans do. I, the only reason why I like the fight 
that it's it's over now and it's the water's under the bridge is because now I believe that we're never going to see Floyd Mayweather again, and that makes me happy. I think that he has ruined the sport, and uh, I think that when he's not active, uh, we get treated to the best fights available, and uh, that certainly has been the case this year, with the exception of his McGregor fight. Um, you know, the rest of the fights we've had for 2017 have been fantastic. So I'm hoping that we go back to that. This weekend is a good indicator of that with the return of uh, Chocolito and uh, the World Boxing Super Series um, coming this week. And then uh, as we kick in uh, to the fall, we should see some other fights being announced real soon. So you got Canelo are, and are uh, you, Triple G. That's, uh, yes, are we're you, doing a Are you doing fight. a post-fight show? Triple G, Canelo, 100%. Okay, good, because I'm going to be tuning in. And, you know, the last thing I want to just say, I know. Yeah, we just lost you. Watching the Conor Floyd fight, and I'd say, yes, it's too bad they didn't know the biggest fight of this year is in like a week and a half, two weeks with the uh, Triple G fight. Because if, if, if we could get all those people who would ask you at the Grove. Uh, you're breaking up, Joel. Fight. Yeah, I am. Only if they could just get a glimpse of a huge mega fight that that would have been the fight. Only if you could keep them connected for like, you know, just three more weeks. You know, we might have some more. We might have some. You know, pe more people we can call boxing fans. You know, I agree. It's it's, you know, Anthony Joshua uh, Klitschko was uh, the fight of the year yeah. so far, and now you know we got another one coming up with Triple G and Canelo. So uh, we'll wait and see. But Joel, I appreciate the call, and I look forward to you next time, brother. Th thank thanks, Billy. See, so have a great rest of the week. Enjoy your Labor Day. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Bye. That's uh, my man, Joel. You can uh, see him. He's in the uh, chat room uh, at times, so uh, uh, you can uh, check him out uh, if you uh, choose to uh, and get his thoughts on some stuff uh, in the chat room. But uh, we do have the phone line open. I will take a, another caller if you wish. 845-228-8710 uh, is the number to call. And, um, you know, Joel made a, a great point. You know, a lot of the fans that tuned in for the circus, the fake fight uh, between McGregor and uh, what's his name, uh, you know, um, they they were the curiosity factor. And it's the same uh, email that I got from my man, Rick, uh, who's a Miami Dolphin fan, by the way. So uh, I'm sure he's going to be watching the, the Finns. Um, you know, I, it was a curiosity factor. And, you know, we, we the true boxing fans did not give Conor McGregor a shot. The UFC fans and MMA fans all thought that Conor McGregor was going to win. I mean, I actually saw some deep sorrow in the faces of uh, some UFC and MMA fans uh, at the conclusion of that fight. Uh, but the fact is the fact. Floyd Mayweather took that fight because he knew that it was not going to be a big challenge for him, just like he's done in the last 10 years. Um, and I think that the fans, and Joel makes a great point, the fans that tuned in, they tuned in for that curiosity factor, uh, for that circus uh, environment, that WWE setting. And it is a shame that some of them uh, were not uh, uh, looking to find an interest level in the sport of boxing because coming up in, in another week or so um, is a great matchup between two fighters that um, are significant uh, in the middleweight division. Uh, one uh, claims he's the best and the other simply is the best. And we have all these scenarios. you got Triple G, who's dominated division. We've had uh, Canelo, who's moved up and down 
Um, we got uh, youth versus age. Uh, we have uh, a power puncher versus a, a, a fighter who uh, claims to possess both. Uh, I believe Triple G is the best ring general in the sport of boxing. I don't think anyone uh, uh, cuts the ring off uh, the way uh, Triple G does. So, I mean, all these uh, uh, reasons to tune in uh, make uh, the most sense uh, in all, you know. But uh, uh, we will uh, uh, we will see, you know. I mean, the truth of the matter is, uh, is the sport of uh, boxing needs the big matchups uh, to uh, to continue uh, uh, its positive uh, uh, ride for 2017. I don't know what else, how else I could uh, describe it. But uh, uh, Anthony Joshua against uh, Vladimir Klitschko proved a lot uh, about Anthony Joshua. Uh, Vladimir Klitschko, although he didn't have a strap around his waist for that fight, he was arguably the best heavyweight uh, in the sport for the last decade. Uh, He did lose that fight, in case you forgot. He lost that fight to Tyson Fury, who went off the deep end, and they never had the rematch, uh, and that uh, opened up the... uh, uh, the door for Anthony Joshua, who many thought um, was uh, going to be the top heavyweight in a division, but it was going to take a little time. Uh, some people thought that maybe he got his shot a little too soon. Uh, there's two rules that I've always uh, uh, followed uh, in uh, in the sport of boxing, and one is uh, when you uh, get your opportunity, you never turn down a big payday, and you never turn down um, and I mean a substantially big payday, and you never turn down a shot at a world title, uh, regardless if it's fitting in to your plan or your schedule or whatever. Those are two opportunities that you should never pass up in the sport of boxing. And Anthony Joshua didn't. And uh, he was in the fight of his life, the fight of his career to this point. And he showed us a lot. He showed us that he had heart. He showed us that he had determination. And so did Klitschko, no, taking nothing away from Klitschko. Klitschko showed us that, hey, maybe his chin wasn't as, as weak as we all thought. Uh, maybe he did have plenty left in the tank. Maybe he can fight an exciting fight, which he did. And uh, at the end of the night, it was Anthony Joshua whose head, hand was held uh, high. And the uh, uh, decision that Klitschko made to not have a rematch was, in my opinion, the right one. And the reason why I say it was the right one was because he was knocked out. There was no controversy in that fight. Uh, you know, if the fight went to the scorecards and, and you know, it was a close uh, fight or, or even if the everyone thought uh, uh, Klitschko had come back and won the fight and the decision was awarded to Joshua, I mean, you could have all these other reasons why you want a rematch. But the simple reason that you got knocked out uh, by a younger guy and you fight several months later, you're going to be older and plus the wear and tear from the knockout. I mean, everything equaled why are you doing this, Vlad, except if you wanted to pad your bank account with another 25 plus million. And, um, you know, when he reviewed his uh, uh, whole situation with his life and his new kid and his wife and financial, there was no reason to take the risk, you know. And uh, I think that Vladimir Klitschko made the right choice. Now, we open up the doors in the heavyweight division for Anthony Joshua to take on uh, all the other so-called champions. You know, uh, specifically, there's really only three names uh, in the mix uh, for Anthony Joshua, in my opinion. And that's, of course, Deontay Wilder, who pounds his chest and says he's the best, and we all know he's not. 
you know, uh, Ortiz, um, Luis Ortiz, uh, a guy that uh, seems to be uh, avoided uh, by all the other heavyweights, who's no spring chicken, who hasn't fought in a while. Um, and, of course, the other title holder, who really, I'm not so sure, should even be uh, considered a champ, but uh, he is, and that's Joseph Parker. You know, and I'm not uh, discrediting Joseph Parker. I guess I am. I guess I am discrediting him a little. Uh, but, uh, I mean, look, he's, he's fighting Huey Fury uh, in his defense. You know, uh, you know. Um, listen, he, he wins. He wins big. Uh, you know, he gets a shot uh, at one of the guys. Uh, I, I think what's going to happen is this. I think you're going to see, you know, uh, Anthony Joshua fight Cuba Pulov because he has to. Uh, and then... I think and, and Pulov has been very patient, and I think that the WBA is going to be smart. Believe it or not, uh, yes, I, I mentioned the WBA and the word "smart" in the same breath, but I do think that the WBA will be smart and try to uh, put together or approve a fight between Luis Ortiz and Deontay Wilder. Let that fight take place. Let the uh, Anthony Joshua and Cuba Pulov mandatory take place and then have the winners of those two fights fight each other in early 2018. Let's make no mistake. Deontay Wilder is looking to get a big payday. His team is trying to get him a big payday. He knows that his days are numbered. So, uh, and I hope I'm wrong because I like Deontay Wilder. Uh, I just don't think he's that good. Uh, his biggest win, in my opinion, is not the Berman-Stavern fight. I believe that his biggest win uh, came uh, at the, when he beat um, uh, Ator Spitzka. I, I really do. Hey, listen, don't forget, we're going to be doing a show all this week. Um, so uh, make sure you uh, tune in for that. Uh, I will tell you this. On this day in boxing history, September 4th in 1998, Takanora Hachikimai, uh, wins a 12-round decision over Young Soi Choi to win the WBA Junior Lightweight fight uh, title, and that took place in Tokyo. On this day in 1912, Johnny Kilbane wins a 10-round newspaper decision over Johnny Dundee, the Battle of the Johnnies, uh, in the bout uh, that took in their bout that took place at the Saint Nick Arena in New York City, a, a place that uh, uh, was known for uh, some great fights. Uh, back in the day. On this day in 1916, Johnny Kilbane knocks out George K.O. Cheney in the third round to retain his world featherweight title, and that took place in Sandusky, Ohio on this day in 1916. Also on this date in 1916, Freddie Welsh wins a 20-round decision over Charlie White to retain his world lightweight title. It took place in Colorado on this day in 1916. If it took place on this day in 2017, people would be smoking joints because it's uh, legal there in Colorado. Recreational, that is. On this day, September 4th in 1915, Les Darcy. And here's a guy that you should know about. Les Darcy was a, a quality fighter. Uh, but nonetheless, Les Darcy on this day in 1915 wins a 20-round decision over Billy Murray to retain his Australian world middleweight title it took place in sydney darcy would die two years later uh, from pneumonia at just 21 years old uh, in a career that lasted only six years uh, at the time of his death he had 46 wins uh, 29 of them by knockout 
and only four losses in which he was never stopped. Les Dorsey was, uh, I'm sorry, Les Darcy was uh, it, uh, uh, entered into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 1993. And, uh, you know, it makes you wonder about some of these uh, all-time great fighters that uh, left us in their 20s, in their early 20s. What could have been? Stanley Ketchell's another one. You know, uh, Pancho Vila, another one. I mean, three names right off the top of my head, uh, Darcy, uh, Pancho Vila, and uh, Stanley Ketchell all passing away uh, early, early on uh, in their lives. And, uh, uh, you know, what could have happened? I mean, they're already regarded uh, as uh, all-time greats in their division. So uh, makes you wonder. Hey, listen, don't forget uh, to tune in uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, Dax Con, I mean, uh, not Dax Con, Dax Con is always available, but uh, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola is uh, scheduled to come back. We got our blast from the past on Wednesday, as well as uh, uh, Boxing Hall of Famer and New Jersey uh, Boxing Commissioner uh, Larry Hazard scheduled to join us. We'll open up the phone lines again later in the week, all that stuff. Don't be scared to call in, but uh, hey, all I can tell you is this. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby.